Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Monday Night Bible Study and Ancestral Prayer. This is Sister Lashana. Good evening, everyone. 
Good evening. Good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I know it's a getting down. We're in the holiday season, so everybody, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I know everybody's getting bu- is busy with everything, so isn't so. But let's kick off this season off right with uh, Bible study with Elder June Malcolm. Uh, Sabor's ministry. We are on nine times a week, starting on Sunday with our Sunday service with Pastor Marie Chen daily. Mondays mm-hmm. we have Prophet's Corner at at noon with Prophet Bob Profi. We, of course, you're here for Bible study at 9 p.m. And, of course, on Tuesdays, we have Jeremiah Generation with Sister Kamisha from the island of Jamaica at 8.30. We have our Standing the Gap services at 7.14 a.m. on Wednesdays. And we have our testimony services at 9 p.m. on Wednesdays as well. We have Walking Through the Word with Sister Nyoka where we walk through the Word line by line, precept upon precept at 9 p.m. And, of course, our flagship service at midnight on Fridays when it's fire on the wire. And on Saturdays, we have our noonday inspirational hour with uh, Sister Monica Hold-A-Little. All our times are in Eastern Standard Time, so please adjust accordingly. Amen. Uh, Prophet Bob. Yes, ma'am. Would you like to open us up in prayer? I'd be honored to. Thank you. Heavenly Father. Forgive me of every sin I've committed since I repented earlier. Knowing and unknowing and secret sins. Anything I've read maybe in the chat room that wasn't pleasing to you, forgive me. Wash me, cleanse me in your precious blood. In Jesus' name, amen. It's an honor to be here tonight, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the whole day. We sure was blessed today. And Father, we thank you for Pastor Maureen Chen Daly, who stood in the gap for me on the prophet's corner today. I'm ever so grateful, Father, that the woman of God stood up for me and was able to come forth. And Father, we thank you for tonight. We're going to learn all about you in the deep things of God. And Father, prepare our hearts tonight to hear, thus saith the Lord. Touch everybody on the call that's here, even the ones that are coming. Let this be the best Christmas each and every member of Simple Words Ministry and other members in other ministries that are here tonight, let this be the best Christmas they ever had. Father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful tonight. And Father, we bind the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. We spread the blood of Jesus over this call and over every member that's represented tonight. Cover them in your precious blood. And, Father, as we go out on the highways and byways, Father, I ask that you would direct our paths tonight, that we will go where you send us to go, and where the door closes, let us hear you, let us see you, speak to our hearts, Father, Father, 
so we can use wisdom in the hour we are living. For many things are coming about. The enemy is on about every street corner, trying to cause havoc, explosions, death, and even fighting and arguing. And Father, give us the wisdom to hear your voice and go where you tell us to go. And yes, Lord, if you tell us, do not leave the house. You're warning us of something around the corner. I pray, Father, we will hear your voice tonight, and we will not harden our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Wow. Oh, what? Amen. Again, everyone, good evening. Welcome to Monday Night Bible Study and Ancestral Prayer. This is Sister Loshana. Good evening, everyone. Again, we're in for a treat tonight with Elder June Malcolm with Bible Study. But before we even get started, I am going to open up the line for testimonies and praise reports. I made a um, a post on Facebook about a week ago, and, I, and I'm very careful what I post, unless God tells me, and then I'll post it. I'm very careful. I don't have a whole lot of stuff on my on my timeline because I don't post a lot unless the Lord tells me to. But He told me to tell the people mailbox blessings were coming. So, you know, whenever you talk about prosperity, you'll get 300 likes. Everybody wants to be included in it. But when it comes to the Word of God, they don't want to hear nothing about it. But anyhow, uh, and I told people, post when you get your blessing. And uh, I got six inboxes today when I got on. In fact, this evening, I got six inboxes that people got blessed in the mailbox, and they wanted to thank me that it came to pass. I give God all the glory, honor, and praise because I got two uh, two mailbox blessings today. And I want to thank the Lord because he's an accurate God, and I praise God for it. God bless you all. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hello? Minister, you there? The line is still open. Okay. Line is still open for testimonies and praise support. Anyone here? Can everyone hear me? I hear you. Okay. Yeah, I want to make sure. Amen. Um, um, pray, praise the Lord. I just want to give God praise, give God thanks. Um, he's a good God. I I shared this in the blessings um, group 
today and um I shared actually I started typing last night but I didn't um I didn't get to post it. I turned my phone off before I was able to post it in the blessings group and I did share um a little bit um on the prayer line today. Um I first of all I just want to thank God for his grace and his mercy and I thank God for the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit and I thank him for an ear to hear what um, the Holy Spirit is saying. Um, as I shared today, um, yesterday I was, you know, um, I woke up late because I went back to sleep. Um, and uh, we both we both um, woke up very late. So it was too late to go to Greater Highway. And I was just going to stay home because we've been going nonstop. You know, um, you know, folks must realize that you know, I've been asking people to fill in on the line for, you know, quite some while time now, simply because I'm not home. We have many events that we've been attending or my husband has to uh, minister or I have to minister. So it's, it's been, you know, it's been a, it's been uh, it's been a busy month. But nevertheless, um when I woke up yesterday morning, the Holy Spirit said, you need to go to Exodus. And it was so strong. It was so strong. I couldn't, um, I couldn't shake it. I had to go to, uh, I had to, you know, get ready and, and go to Exodus. When I got to, ch- got to the church, um, Exodus is one of our sister, sister churches. Um, we're in, you know, in, in, in fellowship together. So if I can't go to church, going to going to Exodus is like going to um, Greater Highway. Um, anyways, uh, when I got there, I mean, they were so, uh, you know, from the first person that met me at um, at the door and the way they brought me inside and, and it placed me right behind the bishop. Normally when I go to Exodus, I go find my own seat. I go sit down wherever I want to sit. But anyways, um, you know, the, the young lady indicated to the, the, um, the evangelist indicated to him, um, that pastor Chen was there and he came, he, he hugged me and he said, I'm glad you're here. I've been praying and asking God to send the preacher because my voice is going. And I was like, no, 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 because I I didn't go prepared with a message. I didn't go there to preach. I just knew that I had um, a rush. Um, The Holy Spirit was so strong um, that I I had to go. So I went and, um, you know, I thank God that, you know, as I said, um, I said in, in, in the post that I did in the Blessings group, um, we need to study to show ourselves approved, you know, and we should be ready in season and out of season because even though I I did not go with the intention of, um, of preaching, um, I was able to preach the word. I was able to bring forth the word, which was um, from the, the the reaction, the reaction from um, the, the, the different people, um, you know, in, in the congregation, and the com- people coming up to me after church. One le- young lady, she said, Pastor Chen, this is my first time meeting you, but I just want you to know that I that message was for me. So many people came and said the message was for them. So I thank God, I truly thank God that I, A, I listened 
to the leading of the Holy Spirit to go yeah. um, to go to go to the service and um, be that you know I I carry the word many many years ago um, somebody said that you know I'm a I'm 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 a word carrier um, capital W uh, glory to God I'm a word carrier and I yesterday was so evident because. I didn't have enough time. I thought I thought service started at at at, at one thirty, but it started at twelve thirty. So there were already past praise and worship announcements. Everything, no less than um, approximately five to seven minutes after I got there, um, I was brought into the pulpit. To, you know, so you can. I didn't have time to prepare a message, but because something is on the inside. I was able to bring forth the word, and it was it truly made an impact on the lives of you know the people that were there, um, you know, and the blessing that came afterwards, the blessing that came. I was you know one person alone <laughs> blessed me more than some churches in you know than some what some churches blesses me you know in, in from the entire church. Just one person alone, and uh, we. we and I receive a turkey. You know, I was saying to my husband, we need to go get a turkey. And um, I, they were handing out turkeys, and I got a turkey. So I'm like, you know, God, you're awesome. You know, you you blessed me on so many different, different angles, um, so many different ways, you know, um, Sometimes, sometimes we get, you know, we, we, we get a little bit downhearted about, you know, the way that things are going, um, the things that are lacking. But can I tell you something? That God is your provider. God sees and he knows. He knows everything about you. And just to see, you know, how life has been, pro- especially in the last six months of not having an income and giving in the ministry went, you know, went brrr, way down because people People just don't have. People don't have to give, and that's okay, you know. No, it's not okay that people don't have to give, you know. Um, so I'm decreeing and declaring that 2017 will be um, a year of financial blessings for every Simple Words ministry member, whether you're a giver or not. Um, glory to God. It doesn't matter. I just want you to be financially blessed. Amen. Uh, but just to see how God has been, you know, doing things and I mean, it, it, I'm in awe. I truly am in awe of the awesomeness of God. So I just want to thank him for the many blessings that he has already. And, and you know what? Sometimes I think we miss our own blessings if we are not obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because when I, when I said to my husband, I need to go, he said, but I thought you were going to spend the day with me. And I said, yeah, but I need to go. I didn't know why I needed to go. And I'm truly glad that I listened to his voice and that I went. I, I did miss church. I miss members meeting and all that. I'm so I'm going to have to apologize to my bishop, but God had something totally different in um, in store for yesterday, and I'm so glad that I was obedient. God bless you guys. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Great praise report. Great, awesome praise report. Amen. Yes. The line is now open for one more testimony and praise report. Well, I have to say my testimony will always be God is good. God is so awesome. Um, 
I want to do a personal thank you and praise for a testimony. You can wrap it all in one this year. Um, 2016 has not been one of my best years at all. <laughs> but I have to say God has blessed me with a lot Amen. of gracious people, especially on this line. Amen. People prayed for me. So that is my testimony. And I am thanking you now in 2016 because we got, uh-uh, I can't do this in 2017. Mm-mm. Me and God got to have understanding. <laughs> Man. So um, I just want to thank everyone for this year and being patient, especially with me because Lord knows it's been, it has been a year. Um, so that is, I guess that's my praise report, testimony, all wrapped in one. Amen. 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 Okay, Anna June, are you on the line? Oh, praise the Lord, Minister Burton. Yes, I am here. <laughs> all right, awesome. So let us pray. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds for the Bible study is coming ahead, okay? Amen. Father God, watch me in your son's precious blood. Forgive me of my sins, deeds, thoughts, and actions. Anything that's not of you, I do unto to repent. And I receive your forgiveness in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. You're my Abba Father, my El Shaddai, my Elohim, and I give you praise tonight. Father God, as this lesson go forth, Father God, prepare our hearts and our minds for the lesson tonight, Father God. Bind and all distractions, Father God, to this word tonight. So uh, that we can hear to the word and let this adhere to our hearts, Father God. Father God, as Elder June comes forth, Father God, let you totally decrease and you increase in the name of Jesus. And right now, God, I thank you. I thank you for every blessing, every deliverance, everything that is going to come out this lesson, all the growth that we'll accomplish tonight, Father God. And I pray this prayer in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. We praise June. The line is yours. On <laughs> praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, Ella June. <laughs> Monday night again, <laughs> and I'm so glad to be here. I just want to ask if everyone could just join me in singing. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just a chorus mm-hmm. for uh, for a couple of minutes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God. you, Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his words. Just to rest upon his promise. Thus to know, thus said the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, grace to trust him more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. It's so wonderful to trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. That no matter what's going on in our lives, we can still actually praise him. Hallelujah. Yeah. We give God thanks once again for being here and I Greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving special honor to Pastor Maureen Chen. Pastor Chen, I always enjoy your testimonies. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. To God be the um, glory. Yes, I always enjoy your testimonies. And uh, I bless I bless the Lord that he's taking good care of you. Amen. Give special honor tonight to uh, Minister Burton. God bless you. Thank you each night for um, introducing me and, um, and and being my producer. God bless you in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob, the Lord bless you for being so faithful to this ministry. You're Amen. a very good example, a very, very good example to me. And I greet Bishop Carlton Facey and Pastor Naomi Facey, um, my physical shepherd in the kingdom of God. Giving special honor to the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, and um, trusting um, the Spirit of Jesus Christ to guide us through um, this night's lesson in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Um, Tonight we'll be looking at Jesus as the son of Mary and um, the son of Joseph. Glory to God. Last week we looked at him or try very hard <laughs> to look at him as um, the son of Abraham, glory to God. And, and, and tonight we'll be looking at him as the son of Mary and the son of, of, of Joseph is um, natural physical parent, the man and the, and, and the woman who was chosen by God, parent, Prepared him when he was on the earth as a man. God, God chose Mary and Joseph to parent him when he became a man. And um, tonight we're going to try and take a look at exactly, um, not not exactly. I shouldn't say exactly. Um, <clears throat> when we're when we're studying the Godhead and um, the nature of God and all, no, you, you cannot. You, you cannot exhaust um, those topics and, and, and those subjects. So I'll I'll just venture to do what the Holy Ghost lay lay out to do tonight. Not 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 conclusively because there's always uh, there's always so much. Even today when I was looking at the scriptures, I kept on going on and on and on with, with different scriptures. And I said, God, you're just simply so amazing. Your word is so alive and your word is so fluid. And, and so I had to stop myself at one point and say, let me get back to, to, um, to the beginning. So tonight I will just venture to show the points that, um, that the Holy Ghost will allow me to show, okay? But don't, don't by any means think I'm going to tell you everything. I can't do that. And... Um, you you at some point gonna have to go into the scriptures yourself and, and, and pick up from where I will leave off tonight in Jesus' name. So we're gonna look at, at, at Jesus as the son of Mary and the son of Joseph. Um looking at the Godhead can be very confusing because we are starting at uh, with the premise, we're starting at the point that Jesus Christ is God. And we we teach very freely, say God is an eternal spirit. That means you have no beginning of days, nor ending of years. That's what eternal means, no beginning nor ending. And and then we get to lessons like these or scriptures um, like what's before me, and, and we say 
um, Jesus Christ is God, but yet he was born, he had earthly parents. So it can it can get um, confusing. Um, um, the other night I was up thinking. I'm, I'm in I'm in some sort of oh, oh I'm thinking mode. How we're driving thinking mode. I, I can't I can't shut my brain down from thinking. I think even when I'm sleeping these days I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking about my life really, and 2017 and all the stuff that. I probably need to get done before the end of this year and what I need to set up for next year. So my thinking is in overdrive. So I was thinking, and because I was thinking so much, I needed I needed something in the background. Everybody had gone to sleep, and I was up all by myself. And so I needed some sort of noise <laughs> in the background to to keep my to keep my brain going where I needed it to go. So I, I turned the television on and I was looking for some sort of um, godly program just for it to run in the background or, uh, and to keep my company somewhat. And I came across a, 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 like a little documentary where some folks had gone through the, 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 the trouble to find opposing scriptures that seem to oppose each other. So they will find one scripture that says one thing and they'll find another scripture that seems to be saying the opposite of what that scripture says. And so they put together a, a, a little documentary and they had a field day um, doing that. And I, I thought in myself, like um, some some folks misuse, misuse time and, and, and resources. And and so I'm going to propose to everyone on the line tonight that you have to come to the Bible and come to God um, thinking that God is and that God is entirely truth and anything God says is true and he will, he will never mislead. He will never... Um, he will never lie to us, nor 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 lead us astray. Uh, that is a prerequisite for coming to the Bible. If you don't believe in the very beginning that the Bible is true, and that God is true, like God is right and God is true, you'll never get to the truth um, in in the in the Bible. You have to first believe. Now, some people might say, well, let God prove it first and then I will believe. And unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You just have to believe first and then God will give you the proof that it is true. If you don't believe, you will not receive the truth. If you don't believe at first, you don't have the capability. The part of your being to accept the truth will not be activated if you don't believe. In order for you to know the truth or to get the truth, you have to first activate that part of your being that's capable of receiving truth, and that's, and that's your belief system. And I became very conscious the other night with all the stuff I was thinking about. <laughs> I became very conscious that belief is a, is a decision. Belief is a choice. It's a personal choice. It's a personal decision. You can choose to believe or you can choose not to believe. And, and so in order to 
um, walk with God, you just have to choose to believe. Now, the scriptures that um, there, there are no contradictions in the Bible. Um, that's why it was so sad that those people took so much time and so much resources to do to, to produce um, that piece of media that they did. Um, there are some scriptures that can seem contradictory, but it's just because um, the person is not in the right place to see truth. So they will. I'll just give you an example in case you're wondering what the program was about. They'll say something like, they'll call a scripture that says, one scripture says, no man had seen God at any time. And then they'll read another scripture. And they'll read another scripture that says that um, Moses saw God and lived. So it was, it was scenarios like that. And, and, and so just just a matter of taking the script, one scripture out of context or not, not having, not having um, the fullness of the word, they, they will do stuff like that. So tonight I'm going to propose um, to everyone who is listening on the line and who might listen after that if you're not at a point in your mind to, to believe, you might struggle with what I have to say. <clears throat> okay? So Jesus Christ is God. In the flesh. Because being God and being spirit, he can manifest himself in any which way that he chooses. Amen. And so he and he chose to manifest himself as a man. So Jesus was a hundred percent man and he was a hundred percent God. I will not say Jesus Christ was a human being. Uh, I will not say that. Um Jesus Christ was never a human being. Jesus Christ was a man. Amen. And and, and so a hundred percent he was able to to function as how men function, and at the same time he was still functioning as god i said I said last week that God is the only being that can make himself into one of his creatures and 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 don't lose any of himself, don't lose any of his his power, his might, his aura, his word, his knowledge, his presence, he, he remains intact. Um, or doesn't it doesn't didn't change. Um that 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 alone is hard to fathom. You just gotta believe it. And once you believe it, God will take you on a journey to um reveal it to you. Believe it and then he will re- reveal it. Because yeah. you believe it, I just said it is believe it you open up that portal in your system that can that can um, deal with revelations from God. If you don't believe, then the door to revelation is shut. So I would suggest rather than spend time like oh, um, those guys who put that documentary together uh, and, and, and try to prove that the Bible is contradictory and the Bible is wrong, out of unbelief, unbelief you get them in that state, then it's better to just believe and then God will show you how one scripture can say, no man had seen God at any time. And then another scripture says, Moses saw God and lived. And, and you won't be confused because you will understand the context of, of both scriptures. And you'll be able to handle the scriptures and the language in which you speak. English is this sticky, sticky language. Uh, we don't have too many words. We have about um, six, 60,000 words in the English language compared to over 300,000 words 
from the original languages that the Bible was written in. So we have to take um, 300,000 words and say all what we have to say with 60,000 words. So the, the English Bible can be very challenging. But to get through the challenge, believe God. Believe that God is. Believe that God is true. Believe that God is right. Just believe. And you, you can even be very honest about it. You know, say, so God, I, I am choosing to believe this, but I am still expecting you to come and show me how this can be true. And he understands our frame that we're but dust, that we started from a limited position, and he will certainly come and satisfy our longing to know him. So tonight, although Jesus Christ is God, was God, and still is God, in the flesh, because I says no, in the flesh, I have to explain the in the flesh part. We have to, I have to explain how is it that God being a spirit was found in the flesh. And then once, once we start to um, investigate that, then you come upon um, parents um, of this, in the species of man, mankind, uh, a, a, mom and, uh, a mom and a dad. A lot of theologians like to say things like Jesus, what, uh, not Jesus, Joseph, Mary's husband, was Jesus' stepdad, adopted dad, and, and stuff like that. I, don't, I do not use terms like that. They're just not scriptural. And um, though in our modern culture we, we might understand those terms, I don't think they entirely apply to Jesus. And I'm already having a problem with the English language being somewhat inadequate when it comes to the amount of words. I am not going to confuse the issue any further than, than it can that it can be already. So I do not use terms that just was, Joseph was just a stepdad. I do not say those things. And even when I'm going to say that Mary was his mother, I'm, I'm very um, conscientious of, of me making a statement like that. So let's just say, this is what I'll say, um, Mary and Joseph were chosen yes. uh, to be the the, the couple who would parent Jesus when he was a child. Okay? So, Mary was conceived by the Word of God. We went through that um, two weeks in a row. The Word of God, con- Mary conceived by the Word of God as she was being overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. So, we see where the Spirit of God is acting at the exact same time in two different roles. And, and, and yes, God can do that. Okay? So he was acting as a word to plant himself in Mary's womb, and he was also acting as the Holy Ghost um, to make certain that the conception was not intercepted by evil, that the conception remains untouched by evil, and the, the conception remains um, pure. Uh, because by this, by this time, Satan had a very good idea that Mary was chosen with all the angelic visitation and Joseph having his dream and all of that stuff that was going on. The enemy was now alerted that 
this is where the Christ child was going to be conceived. So you can rest assured that all, you can know for certain that all hell um, broke loose and all hell went out to try and intercept or pollute um, that um, operation in any which way that they could. Remember from Genesis 3.15 that God prophesied to the serpent and said the seed of the woman would bruise the, 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 the head of the, the seed of the serpent. And, and, and so Satan, if you, if you follow through the history of the, of, of the Bible coming through, you will see that Satan um, at times um, go way beyond necessary to make certain that that didn't happen, that that seed did not come to fruition. So much so that when Jesus Christ was conceived and born, the entire nation of Israel was in slavery. Jesus was born in slavery. Jesus was a slave baby. Um, the nation of Israel was under occupation by the Roman government. Um, the Roman government could decide which Jew got killed and which Jew lived, and they could kill them for pleasure if they wanted, and there was no recourse, there was no justice, there was no judgment. They were slaves. They were under slavery um, by the, the, the Roman government, and that's the condition that Jesus was born in. So if um, I know a lot of young black guys um, these days, young black boys and young black men, and some old ones too, um, they get real perturbed um, by um, the part of our history, because uh, I'm a black person, the part of our history that deals with slavery. Hallelujah. And they, they have a hard time um, dealing with it. And somewhere in the minds of many of our um Young black men, they think only black folks were ever in slavery. And somebody said, no, no, black folks weren't the only ones that were in slavery. Jesus was born in slavery. And I said, I thought you believe that Jesus Christ is God. I said, yes, I do. So how could he have been born in slavery? And, and, and so I, I, I will have um, a good time explaining to them what slavery really is, how it came about, and exactly how they can handle it and make sure that rather than it dis, dis, destroys their their minds, they can actually use it to build up themselves. So I said Jesus was born in slavery. And had not the nation of Israel been um, in bondage or in slavery when Jesus was born, then Jesus would have been the king sitting. He would have been the heir apparent to David's throne. So Mary would have been queen. and Joseph would have been the king, and so Mary and Joseph would have had a child, and that would have been Jesus, and Jesus would have been born in a palace as opposed to born in a manger. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But, but because the nation was in slavery, so there wasn't even any room for him at the inn to be born in. The only reason why Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem at that time, and I'm saying the only reason looking at it from a natural standpoint, I'm not looking from the prophetic standpoint, okay? So the only reason why they were in Bethlehem at that time is because um, Caesar, Augustus, who, who was their, um, their king ruling over them, had passed a decree, made a law that um, the, the Jews were to be taxed. And in order to pay this tax, 
you have to pay exactly in the in the in the city where you were born or the city um where your, your lineage lies. Pardon me. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yes. I'm here. Mary. Okay. Okay, so um, you guys can hear me? Uh, yes, we can, Elder June. Yes, we can, oh. Elder. Oh, okay, all right. So the only reason why that law could have been passed and it was enacted is because they um, they had no autonomy. They were completely under um, the, bondage, the bondage of slavery. So the Caesar says, you have to go back to Bethlehem no matter what condition you are in. You had to go to Bethlehem to be taxed or being subjected to imprisonment or worse yet to death for disobeying Caesar. So here we see Mary and Joseph going back to Bethlehem because they were both from the lineage of David, the king, and um, they had to go back to that city to pay their taxes. So while they were there, um, Mary... And the time came for Mary to be delivered. So, so prophetically now we can look at it and say that um, it was prophesied that's where the Christ child would have been born. And so um, that's why they were there. And both perspectives are right. Whether you're going to look at it prophetically or you're going to look at it socially, you're both right. Um, but if they were not in slavery, that's where they would have lived in the first place. Because that's the city of David. That's where they, they wouldn't have lived in Nazareth. For somebody to say, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? They would actually be living in, um, in Bethlehem or in Jerusalem. But because of slavery, they were living in, they were living in Nazareth. So, and so you could say, so even if slavery exists, even if slavery existed, and, and, and God wanted the baby to be born in Bethlehem, he could have gotten them there anyways. And I would totally agree with you. Um, if, if it was prophesied that the child was to be born in Bethlehem, no matter what condition um, existed at the time, he would have been born in Bethlehem. But it just so happened that that was the method that um, existed, the, the social condition existed, that they had to go back to Bethlehem to be that. And so it was, um, it, it, it was a very natural um, course it looked very natural and very normal that they were ordered by the Caesar to go and pay their taxes, and they were good citizens, so they were obeying. So while they were there, the time came that they would, um, the child was to be born. So I want you to look at um, Luke chapter, um, Luke chapter three, verse twenty. I'm going to read from 23. Um, it says, and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. So the son of Joseph there, that's, that's Mary's husband. And so it says, as was supposed, because the general public, contrary to what is taught sometimes in church, the general public did not know that Mary was not impregnated by Joseph. 
um, Mary and Joseph knew that, but the general public did not know that. Because at the time when Mary was found pregnant with child, she was already Joseph's wife. They were already married. Um, they had not yet had their marriage supper, and she had not yet gone from her father's house to go live in his house, but they were married. Um, they were in a state of, of marriage, not engagement. Jewish people don't engage like how we on the Western side engage. If you want to know about a girl, if she was worthy to be your wife, you had to marry her first. It's the same position I just took. If you want to, if you want revelation about God, you have to believe him first. You can't demand revelation so that you can believe. You have to believe first. So the 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 rich man who said to in the parable that Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus, he says to Abraham, send Lazarus back to the earth. I have five brothers there who are not saved. Send Lazarus back to go and speak with them. And Abraham says, no, that wouldn't work. Even if one go back from the dead, they still wouldn't believe because they choose not to believe. So um, you can't do a whole bunch of stuff for somebody to, to believe. They have to believe first. And when you believe first, then you get, um, you get your revelation. So in the Jewish custom, if you want to find out if a girl was worthy to be your wife, you had to marry to her first. And you have you can leave her in her daddy's home for as long as you want to leave her in her dad in her daddy's home. But because she was not your wife, you were free to investigate her. You were free to ask questions. You were free to visit whenever you wanted to visit her. Um the parents would have to disclose um any information about her that you require because she was your wife and no longer could they withhold her from you. Now, if you find out before you took her home and consummated your marriage, if you found out that she was unclean, unworthy, um, less than virtuous, you could leave her right in her daddy's home and you could get a divorce. And um, you didn't really have to explain anything much to anybody except that she did not find favor in your eyes. Also, that's in Deuteronomy 24. Um, seems like it was a lopsided system that works in the favor of the men, but that was the system. I don't, I don't think it was lopsided. I understand it, but many women's, women liberated people, people support the women's liberated movement. That's one of the passages that they will use to say, see, 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 women were, were, were taken disadvantage of. So you could leave her in her daddy's home, and if in your investigation you find out that she wasn't worthy, then she could stay right in her daddy's home. And her family would have to give you back your, your dowry or your bride price, and then you would go on to find somebody else. You would write her a bill of divorcement and leave her exactly where she was with her parents, where she was always before you came into her life. If whatever you found out about her was something worthy of death, like being pregnant, and you weren't the one that got her pregnant, being pregnant by adultery, like that, you could have gone to the city, the elders at the gate of the city, and you would make a formal complaint. And um, if her parents could not produce um, the evidence of her virginity, um, taken by you, 
then the court would rule in your favor and you would have the pleasure of being the first one to cast the first stone to stone that woman to death. Now, Mary was in that position when she was found with child. The Bible says of the Holy Ghost. Um, and Joseph now had to make a decision. And because Joseph, the Bible said he was a just man, and you, said, you could say because he loved Mary, I'm, I'm certain that he did, but I'm not going to go from the love angle. I'm going to go from the angle of having the heart of God, a heart that is not hardened. So being a just man, like he was just exactly what God needed um, to do this. Um, he was justified to do what God wanted him to do. Being that person, he was thinking exactly how he was going to deal with the situation of Mary being pregnant. Now, he loved Mary. If he didn't love Mary and just wanted to get rid of her, it was easy. Just tell the elders of the gate she would be stoned to death. But Joseph happened to love Mary and, and, and did not want her to be stoned to death. But he had to do this transaction in such a way, if he didn't want Mary to be stoned to death, that the community didn't find out the real reason why he was thinking of putting her away. So while he was struggling with those thoughts, very much like I said, um, in a uh, and I'm old in my life where I'm struggling with a lot of thoughts. I always keep me up at night and, and I turn TV on to listen to people talk nonsense so that I can think. Um, very much the same way Joseph was perplexed and um, the Lord put him to sleep and, uh, and, and, and told him exactly what was happening with Mary and what he wanted him to do. So the Bible said Joseph... Um, uh, awoke from his sleep and took Mary, his wife, home with him. So he had a, he had a, a, a quick marriage supper and took Mary home because Mary cannot be in her daddy's house looking pregnant and Joseph saying he had not yet touched her. So in order to make certain that the society was not invoked a riot against Mary, then Joseph immediately took Mary home. And the Bible says that they did not consummate their marriage until after she had her firstborn son. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have time to go into firstborn tonight, but if I don't, then that's where I'll pick up next week. I just want to finish what it means to be um, Mary's um, son and what it means to be Joseph's son. So what it means to be Joseph's son is that Jesus is a rightful heir to the throne, to the throne of David because Joseph was from the lineage of David the king. Um, they were from the tribe of Judah. And so as I said, if the society was um, not under occupation by the Romans, then there would have been a a palace, the palace in Jerusalem, and that's where Mary and Joseph would be because from the lineage, tracing the lineage in Luke chapter 3, um, Joseph was the king, king of Israel, though not reigning and not ruling because they were in slavery. So it's like when um, those um, the slave traders used to go to Africa and, um, and abduct 
the chief of the of the tribe and put him on a on, on a slave ship and if he survived he would be in um the West Indies, um, Jamaica mainly, or in England or in the United States as a slave, as a common slave. But back in his country he's the king. But now here you're not the king. Here you're just a normal ordinary slave. Um, subjected to whatever slaves were subjected to. So it's, it's, it's the same setting here. It's the same scenario. Um, Joseph would have been the king, but under slavery, he's now a carpenter. And um, Mary would have been the queen, but under slavery, she's just living humbly at home with her, with her, with her parents. So Mary and Joseph, you can be certain that they were chosen by God before the foundation of the earth. So God knew when Mary was to be conceived, and God knew when Joseph was to be conceived, and God knew where Mary was supposed to be living and where Joseph was supposed to be living so that they could connect, they could see each other, they could, that Joseph could be aware of Mary and, um, and ask for her hand in marriage and to get the answer, yes, I mean, he had to be of the character that Mary parents would say. All those things, all those things, um, believe it or not, God took the time to work it, to work it out because the, the old birth of Jesus Christ, the conception and birth of Jesus Christ look, look very, very natural. I know when we're doing movies these days and when we're telling stories, we made it look as if, Every single person around that time knew exactly who um, Joseph was and who Mary was and who Jesus was. But no, it wasn't so. There was just an ordinary, um, common-looking family to everybody that um, that was around. And and so Joseph, the Bible says, if you follow, I'm not going to read it for you, but you can read it. If you trace here in Luke chapter 3, the lineage of, of of Joseph, who was supposedly um, Jesus' father, the Bible says, or Jesus was supposedly his son, you will see that he came out of the, the family. They're, they're both from the house of David. They're both from the tribe of Judah. But um, Joseph came out of the family of Nathan, and that's in verse 34. Um, it says, which was the son of Melia, which was the son of Menan, which was the son of Messiah, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. So Joseph came out of the lineage of Nathan, or the family of Nathan. They're all from the lineage of David, but from the family of Nathan. Um, glory to God. And um, Mary came out of the the family of Solomon. So there, so both Solomon and Nathan were David's sons. And Joseph came out of Nathan, and Mary came out of Solomon. And so, if you if you want to ask. Why did God do that? Why is God confusing the issue? Why didn't they both come out of Solomon? Because um, we know that Solomon was a king that succeeded David. So why didn't they just both come out of Solomon? Why one had to come out of Nathan and one have to come out of uh, come out of, of, of Solomon? And David, David led a very messy life. David, <laughs> David life. 
we're talking about the man after God's own heart, okay? The king of Israel. Um, David um, had a had a problem within his own self, and 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 Solomon picked it up after him, where he found beautiful women irresistible, and so David had um, a lot of wives and a lot of children. Now, in that culture at that time, the right of inheritance belonged to the firstborn. And I want to uh, read a little scripture for you. Let me, let me see if I can find it quickly and read it because this is very important. If I can find it quickly. Um, the Bible says in um, Genesis 35, let me find it. Genesis 35, verse 23, if I'm not wrong. Um, Genesis 35, verse 23 says, The sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and Simeon, secondborn, and Levi, thirdborn, and Judah, um, the fourthborn. That's, that's Jacob's first four sons. By, by right, by right of inheritance, the blessing of the firstborn belonged to Reuben. That's... Um, but God did not honor that because Reuben was immoral and he was lewd. And so God did not honor that. God actually chose Judah, which was the fourth son, to not, not not to carry on the right of inheritance, but actually he chose the first son to carry on the lineage for the promised seed. So God is doing this thing in the background because God has to make certain that he creates decoys so that the enemy does not destroy the life of the people through whom he is running a bloodline, or creating a bloodline for himself to come. Um, in doing the studies that um, that I'm doing, I'm, I'm I'm studying prior. In 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 doing those um, those studies, I am coming across some some very interesting um, material, and so. We see, like, to this culture, bloodline is very, very um, vital, very important. Um, there's a lot of rights in being the firstborn. So the Bible says that um, if, uh, if a man marries two wives, has more than one wife, as Jacob did, um, that wasn't by his choice, though, that he had two wives. You all remember the story, right? He was, at least he was honorable. He decided that he loved this one girl, and he wanted to marry this one girl. And the culture of that time was that the younger could not marry before the older. And so the girl's father decided to trick Jacob, and 
he ended up with um, the girl that he truly loved, whose name was Rachel. He ended up with her sister, whose name was Leah. And the father proposed then that um, seeing that he loved Rachel, he could have Rachel also, but he had to work some extra seven years before he could he could get her. So the, so so what's his name? Jacob ended up with 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 the two wives, and Jacob had no no intention in his heart to have anything to do with Leah. The Bible actually used a very strong word and said that Jacob hated her, and I think that's pretty strong to say you you hate a girl because she wasn't the one that tricked you and and threw herself on you. That was that was her parents doing. So I, I, I don't see how Jacob was justified to hate her, but he was so much in love with Rachel. I think he just decided that he didn't want to have anything to do with Leah. But the Bible says that um, Rachel, the one whom he loved, that um, God made her barren. God closed up her, her womb and make certain that she couldn't have children. And so Jacob was forced to have children with the the, the wife that he didn't love or the sister whom he hated or the woman that he didn't love at all. So the Bible says that in in a situation like that where a man have um, two, two wives, if the wife who is hated actually gave birth to the firstborn son, when it comes time for the right of inheritance, the, the father could not give the inheritance to the firstborn son of the wife whom he loved. He would still have to give the inheritance to the son who was actually born first, whether or not you love his mom or you didn't love his mom. That's beside the point. The right of the firstborn stands no matter how you feel about the children's mom. So um, in, in, in the case of Nathan and, and Solomon with David, Nathan was older than Solomon. And um, the kingship was not passed on to Nathan. It was passed on to Solomon. So there is some faction of the Jewish people who never, ever accepted Solomon as king. They accepted Nathan. They, thought they, they wanted Nathan to be the king because Nathan was older than Solomon. He had the right of the firstborn. But according to the plan of God, I really hate saying according to the plan of God, according to David and Bathsheba, according to how they want to work. It was the plan of God, but I don't want to say that. I don't want to put it on God as if David and Bathsheba didn't have any choice or they didn't know what they were doing. They quite knew what they were doing. Um, David loved Bathsheba and so much so that um, he decided that her child was going to be a successor 
whether it was legal or illegal, whether the people accepted it or didn't accept it. So some folks did not accept um, Solomon at all as king. They always regarded Nathan as a king. So God kept that lineage going very strongly. But what God had to do now to appease the entire nation and for Jesus Christ to be seen as the king over the entire nation, he had to somehow marry the lineage of Nathan with the lineage of Solomon. And so Mary came out of the lineage, the lineage of Solomon. And so when she married um, Jacob, then that settled that, um, that long dispute that was going on in, in, in the nation. And so Jesus could truly be called then the Prince of Peace because his birth through Mary being his, his, his mother and Joseph being his father, his birth settled uh, a, a, a century-long um, dispute, not dispute, war really, that was going on within the nation of Israel. And so he brought peace. Now, that practice is carried out even today. You will find two different countries um, marrying their children just to, just to guarantee peace um, within, within those nations. So that, that's what God did with Nathan and with, with Mary. So Mary came out of one son of David, and Jacob came, Joseph came out of the other son. The, the, the two sons that the nation of Israel would accept, would accept to be kings over them. And so it could not be disputed then, Joseph being Jesus' father and Mary being Jesus' mother, it could not be disputed that Jesus um, was the king to be sitting on that throne. So had they been in their own country, uh, had they been ruling themselves, then it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't cause any disturbance for Jesus to be king among the Jewish people. Um, one of the reasons why I think the Lord allowed the nation to have been in bondage is because at times the nation of Israel would fight against each other. And um, to the point where they would almost wipe out each other if God didn't preserve them. And so in order to make certain that these two families, um, Solomon and Nathan, um, their, their children, their successors, did not continually war among themselves. So the nation was taken over by um, another. Now, we know that it's because of their disobedience and self-will the Lord allow a nation to take them away. That's what God said would happen. That's what happened. But I'm showing you that as far as scriptures is concerned, you can look at scriptures from a, a, a social stand, standpoint, which is valid. And, and you can look at scriptures from a spiritual st standpoint, which is valid. And so if you can understand social standpoint and, and spiritual standpoint of a scripture, you will clearly see that there's no, script, there's no contradiction, no contradiction in the, in, in the Bible at all. Um, the Bible is true entirely, and the Bible, everything in the Bible makes eternal sense. And so... That's, that's why Mary, Mary was Jesus' 
mother, and Joseph was his father. Now, folks, folks readily would say that they wouldn't say that Mary is Jesus' um, stepmom or half mom or whatever term they might use. They'll say Mary was Jesus' mother. And Mary being Jesus' mother means that Jesus was conceived in her womb. I know some people find that hard to take. Um, that they think Jesus was someplace else in Mary's body other than her womb. But no, Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, um, like like where all children are conceived in wombs. And so, because his body was developed in her body, that makes her his mother, because he used her womb. But none of Mary's natural um propensity or state of being or nature or characteristic or mindset passed on to Jesus. Um, I know you see he was in Mary's womb because the Bible said he was in her womb, but I am absolutely certain that being overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, God made certain that none of Mary's natural nature pass on to Jesus. Had that happened, then Jesus' blood would have been contaminated just like all of us, and he, he would not qualify to be our Savior, our Redeemer. So you can be sure that in the body of Jesus, the blood of Joseph was not present. Neither was the blood of Mary present. Nathan's blood was not there. Solomon's blood was not there. David's blood was not there. No human blood was there. Adam's blood was not there. Abraham's blood was not there. In the body of Jesus, hallelujah, was the blood of the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. And that's why Jesus carried the title as the Lamb of God. John the Baptist loved to use it. They behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. If, if, if Mary's blood had transferred from her into Jesus' body, then definitely sin would have been, because that's where sin lies in us. Sin lies in our bloodstream. Sin lies in our blood, in uh, in our bloodline. That's why the Bible says, "Without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin." When Adam and Eve ate, just like anything that we eat these days, it goes to form um, our blood system. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit that the Lord told them they weren't supposed to eat, it polluted, it contaminated their blood, and so that is why evil demanded that if God wants to redeem us, He has to come with pure blood, because that's where sin lies. That's the seat of sin in, 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 our, in our bloodline. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so um, the devil, uh, no, not the devil, evil, um, bank on the fact that since we were going to, the method that God used to fill up the earth is a replenishing. God says it to Adam and Eve, increase and multiply and replenish. 
the earth, um, because it's a replenishing, then the devil understood, and you should understand, that replenishing means that um, uh, we reproduce through the same act, ACT, the same act from generation to generation, and everything that is within um, our lineage um, by conception, our natural conception, is passed on to the succeeding generation. So that is why in the church we have a big ministry um, about generational curses or biological bondages and stuff like that, because it is true, um, our, our nature, hallelujah, it's transferable. It's transferred from one generation to the next generation. And, and so the devil knew that every single human being, and, and human being is right in this sentence, so every single human being who would be conceived on the earth and born into the world, we would have um, the nature of Adam, after, after he sinned, hallelujah, glory to God. Um, the devil knew that we would inherit, hallelujah, glory to God, the contamination of sin uh, within us uh, because uh, we would be reborn through reproduction or replenishing, uh, glory to God. We, we go from generation to generation in the exact same way. We pass everything down to each other. Um, some, some theologians have a different idea of what replenishing means, that the earth was destroyed and God had to do it again. That's not what replenishing means. Replenishing means that there is a set order, a set way how, 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 how the species reproduces it, it, itself and that um, anything that is within the preceding species pass on to the other species. That's what replenishing means. Um, it, it, we, we do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again until um, the earth is filled with people as God, in, as God intended um, for the earth to be. And so the devil says, if they are going to uh, reproduce and be perpetrated by replenishing, every single one of them born would be born under the curse or the condemnation or the edit of sin in the bloodline. And so everybody is destined to die. And if everybody is polluted and messed up in sin and destined to die, then the devil, not the devil, evil thought that there's absolutely no way um, God could redeem his children. And the reason why he saw that um, he knew something about God, he knows that God only do everything that he does once and for all. Uh, he knew that God was not going to make. That's why this theory about the earth being messed up and God make another man, it, it, it doesn't hold water in the scriptures at all. Um, God only does things once and for all because God does not make mistakes. He knows what he's doing. So he doesn't have to correct himself or redo anything that he did before. He knows how to do what he wants to do, and he knows how to preserve what he, what he does. Um, even us, even us, in whom he has started um, the work of salvation and bringing us to perfectness and eternal life, he said, because he started with us, he is well able to finish, and he's going to finish. No matter how far we stray, no matter how messed up we get, um, no matter how heinous we become before God, God is able to redeem and to bring us back to the place where we're supposed to be. So um, the, 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 the 
evil, evil thought that there's absolutely no way God could bring redemption because everybody would be born out of Adam. And so everybody would be messed up in sin. And sin cannot cleanse sin. So uh, when, when he said, when evil said that if God wants to redeem us, what he requires is blood, pure blood, Without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. God let us know the price that was placed on him. God made us to know what evil demanded of him if he wanted to win us back. God said yes. God said yes, I'll pay the price. Now, a lot of people preach and teach that Jesus had to die because God demanded blood. That is not true. You cannot find no scripture that says God demanded human blood or any blood at all whatsoever um, uh, from, from, a, from a human being to pay for our sins and to cleanse us from our sins. And I'm going to qualify that in a minute with, with animal sacrifices of, of, of Israel. Um, we teach, it is taught, that God was angry with man and God cursed man. And because God was angry with man and cursed man, then that's why Jesus Christ had to come as a man to appease God. God does not need appeasing by man. No man could appease God. Um, glory to God. And God did not have to put on a body on his own self to die to appease his own self. That doesn't make any sense except God himself is heinous, and we know God is not heinous. So I'm going to give you a straight line on what's happening, and next week I'll give you the scriptures. Um, man sin. Man now became captured by evil or sin or darkness. The wages of which was death, and still is death. God decided that he still loves us, and he wants us. And so he said to evil, I want to redeem my children. Evil says if you want to redeem your children, you have to pay for them. What price are you demanding? Pure blood. God says, okay. Evil just thought it was a joke that God said, okay, because you're not going to make another set of people. So from where are you going to get this pure blood? But God had the blood before the foundation of the world. And so he was able to say, because he knew what evil was going to demand. Evil demanded it because he saw that there's no way God could pay it. If he's going to remain God, if he's going to maintain his Godship to be truthful and honorable and and, 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 and trustworthy, then he cannot cheat. God cannot cheat. But before God even made the angels, he, he, he made the blood. And he, he had the blood in reserve. And this is your evidence and your proof that Satan is not equal to God. Evil is not equal to God because they did not even know that God had the blood for redemption. Wherever God had it, uh, when Satan, um, Lucifer said he's going to put his throne above God's throne, there are dimensions of heaven that Lucifer does not even know because that's where the blood was kept. Hallelujah. Top secret, safe. So God says, okay, I will redeem them, but it's going to take time. So 
they were put out of the garden, and the Bible says in the fullness of the time, hallelujah, glory to God, our 42 generations, um, Jesus was conceived and came forth, and John the Baptist looked at, looked at him coming along the Jordan and said, Behold the Lamb of God, only because he had that blood in his body from heaven. Didn't have Mary's blood. Um, John the Baptist did not, did not identify Mary's blood in him and did not identify Joseph's blood. Not Nathan's blood, not Solomon's blood, not David's blood. Um, John the Baptist identified the blood of the Lamb of God. And the Bible calls us to know that that blood was shed, hallelujah, before the foundation of the world. Now, are you going to ask me how did God get the blood in Jesus' body? I don't know how he got it in Jesus' body. Um, I guess it was in the Word, hallelujah. And when the Word conceived himself in Mary's womb without touching any of Mary's seed, um, not seed, egg, women don't produce seed, they produce egg. Without touching any of Mary's egg, he planted himself as a seed and, 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 and conceived himself in Mary's womb and, and, and put on flesh. When Mary and Joseph finally got together, and don't tell this to the Roman Catholics, they won't believe it. They believe that Mary remained a virgin until she died. She didn't. She just remained a virgin until after Jesus was born. After Jesus was born, she, she took up her, her social role as Joseph's wife, and they had sons and, and, and daughters. Um, so Jesus, um, if somebody says, I use a borrowed, a borrowed, a borrowed womb, <laughs> hallelujah, glory to God. And when he, and when he died, he also used a borrowed tomb. So um, because he was not a man, um, he was not a human being, he was a man. He was not a human being. He was a son of God on the earth as a man. He, he doesn't need no permanent womb and he doesn't need no permanent tomb. Um, he was just simply passing through here for the purpose of dying so that he could redeem us uh, for the purpose of shedding that blood. Because whatever happened in the heavens, as it is in the heavens, so it has to be on the earth. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So um, the blood was shed before the foundation of the, the earth. So, you know, it wasn't on earth because the earth was not yet. Do you get that? The blood was shed before the foundation of the world. So that happened somewhere other than on earth. Don't ask me where. If the Lord ever tells me, I'll tell you. But it was not on the earth. The earth was not yet when God set our um, mode of redemption in, in line, in place. When God set that, the earth was not yet. God was absolutely certain that he could create the earth, preserve the earth, create man, preserve man, man was going to sin, redeem man. He was absolutely certain. And so he put everything in place, hallelujah, for that to happen. So when um, Adam and Eve sinned, God was not perturbed. God did not curse man. You cannot find it in the Bible where God cursed Adam. God cursed the earth. Um, glory to God. He cursed the serpent and he cursed the earth. He did tell Adam that life is going to be pretty rough um, for him from here on in. And he did tell Eve that um, you're going to have a lot of pain when you're having children. That was not curse. That was just telling them the result of eating the fruit that they were told not to eat. 
he told them what was the result of what it means of dying, um, spiritually dying and being separated from God. He, he told him that, but that was not a curse. He, didn't, he cursed the earth and he cursed the serpent, but he didn't curse Adam and Eve. Why would God curse Adam and Eve? He needed them to replenish the earth. He needed them to be um, in a place where he could redeem them. You know that if God curses you, he's going to come back and redeem you after he finished cursing you. He was the one that cursed you because he was angry. Then he's going to come back and redeem you. He's going to become a man and die so they could redeem you. That, that, if you just look at the story, you will see that that is not the nature of God. That sounds like a mad person to do something like that. So God did not curse man. Man ate what he shouldn't have eaten, incorporated sin and death in his bloodline, and then God had the job to redeem him. God was able to redeem man because he had what evil demanded. He had pure blood. He had sinless blood. He had blood that was shed and set before the world was even created. So in the fullness of time, he channeled that blood through his operation that he caused the word into the womb of a young woman um, clothed himself in a man's suit. Uh, God can clothe himself in any suit that he wants. And so he clothed himself in a man's suit and walked on the earth. Um, to be, for Jesus to become Mary's son, it doesn't mean that Mary blood was in him. It means that God borrowed Mary's womb from Joseph for the purpose of conceiving the word in her womb and bring her forth. To say that Joseph was Jesus' father, it doesn't mean that Jesus was the son of Joseph. It doesn't mean that Joseph was his stepfather. It means that Joseph fulfilled all the duties that is that 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 a young child requires a male person to do for them. Um, young young boys, little boys need fathers, earthly father to do stuff with them and for them. And Joseph was fitted for that job. It has nothing to do with bloodline, and it has nothing to do with step. Jesus' bloodline is from heaven. Jesus' blood is from heaven. Um, Jesus' blood was not contaminated. It was not polluted. As good as Mary was, she was as good as gold. For God, to, the angel come and says, Hail, thou art highly favored. For God to find favor in you, that he's going to trust you to conduct yourself um, virtuously and honorably, that he could plant himself in your womb. You just know that Mary was no ordinary young girl. Um, to be able to use Joseph for that, um, to parent him when he, when he becomes a child, you know that Joseph was no ordinary um, human being. And so that's why they were chosen, for their characteristic and their love of God and their nature, and their knowledge of God, and their belief in God, and that God could depend on them to, to, um, to train up Jesus in the way that Jesus should be trained, but not because of blood. Not because of blood and not because of adoption. Joseph did not adopt Jesus. Joseph is not Jesus' adopted father, and he's not Jesus' stepfather. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Mary is called his mom on some very select occasion 
because it was her womb that was used. And rightly, rightly, if if your womb was used to carry a child, then at least once, at least once, you should be recognized as that child's mother, but not because of blood, because of the womb. Now, um, Mary being Jesus' mother, um, fulfill, fulfill Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and Isaiah chapter 7. Um, verse 14, I think 14 or verse 4. Um, and those scriptures needed to be fulfilled. Why did those scriptures need to be fulfilled? Don't say just because God says so. That, 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 that answer is too inadequate. Um, those scriptures needed to be fulfilled for the same reason I just told you about Nathan and Solomon. Because it was prophesied to the Jewish people that their Messiah would come. And there were signs given as to how they could recognize um, their Messiah. And so um, Mary, being the offspring of Solomon, Nathan being the um, Joseph being the offspring of Nathan, fulfilled those scriptures nicely so that the Jewish people would actually look on Jesus and say, yes, he is the Messiah. So why then even today, why then even today the Jewish people cannot see that? And why then even today the Jewish people cannot accept? Like my little rabbi that told me I wasn't worthy to be prayed with because I'm not Jewish enough. Um, why, why can't they see, although I confess that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, why, why can't they see that who Jesus is? Because of unbelief. That's all it is. It's unbelief. And because of unbelief, then they cannot get the revelation. But if they would believe, they would get the revelation. This is not only to Jewish people. Um, it's to anybody. It's to any one of us. We have to believe if we want to get the revelation as to who Jesus is. Why do we need to know who Jesus is? Why do, why do we need this information? All what I just said, why do we need to know that? Can't I go to heaven without knowing this? Can't I go to heaven without sitting with the scriptures and searching it out day by day to find the, the, um, the minutest detail about Jesus Christ? Do I really have to know this? To go to heaven? I asked that to the Lord the other day. I said, God, do I really need to know this before I can go to heaven? I, I just want to go to heaven. And you know what the Lord says to me? So would you consent to marry a guy that you don't know intimately? That you don't know anything about him? You don't know what he likes? You only know him on the surface? You don't know anything about him below the surface? You would actually decide to marry somebody like that and consent to spend your whole eternity with them. And I said, no, I wouldn't. And he said, well, that's your answer. You're going to be spending eternity with me. You need to know me. You need to know me inside out. You need to know me in detail. If you don't know me, when you get to eternity, you will not be able to end your eternity. You need to know me from here. You need to know me now. Um, if you ever question the validity of studying the Bible, then that's a good, um, valid reason 
you need to know God intimately. If you don't know God intimately and all the facets of his working, you are not going to survive eternity. If you're not going to survive eternity, God knows that, so he won't even take you there. You need to know God intimately so that you will be fitted for heaven. Heaven is a long haul. There's no ending in eternity. You cannot go to heaven half-minded. You cannot go to heaven accidentally. You cannot go to heaven by chance. You're going to go to heaven by choice and deliberate decision. In order for you to make deliberate decision, then you're going to have to know God intimately. So does God put all this knowledge in the Bible and tell us to search it out? And the reason why you have to search it is because it's not allotted to everybody. And so only those who are predestined, this is hard doctrine, only those who are predestined will actually believe God, and only those who are predestined will get the revelation, and only those who are predestined will actually arrive in heaven. There are many people who are studying the Bible, and there are many people who supposedly is going after God. But there's a scripture in the Bible that makes me very sad. There are lots of scriptures that make me sad, but this is one of them. Ever learning and never, ever coming to the truth. So God, what do you mean by that? Like if I'm learning, wouldn't I be getting more and more of the truth? He says, no, because you're not trying to know me. You're not trying to come into oneness with me. You're not trying to be one with me. You will, you will not know me. But you will study all kinds of stuff. You will study the literature of the Bible. You will study the history of the Bible. You will study the persons of the Bible and the personalities of the Bible. And you will study all of that. But you will never be quiet before me enough so that I can download myself in you. Saints of God, I'm going to leave you with this word tonight. Learn. Be of quick understanding in the things of God, hallelujah, glory to God. But you make sure that you certified with the Holy Ghost that the time that I spend with you, I will come to the truth. So much so that in the end of my life, I too will be truth personified. That when God looks at me, all he will see is himself. God bless you, saints of God. I hope I did not add um, any confusion to your knowledge base, but actually give you clarity as to why Jesus is the son of Mary and the son of Joseph. Next week, I'm going to um, look at what it means to be the firstborn. Okay, God bless you. Um, for um, your reading, I'll leave you a scripture to read. Please read Deuteronomy 21, verses 14 to 16 and Nehemiah 10, verses 35 to 37. So it's Deuteronomy 21, 14 to 16, and Nehemiah 10, verses 35 to 37. And next week we will look at what it means that Jesus was Mary's firstborn. God bless you. Um, you have a great night and happy studying for the rest of the week. Minister Burton, I am handing back over to you, ma'am. Minister Lashana? Uh, 
Facebook. Okay, um, maybe she's on um, mute or something. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. Lord God, we just want to thank you for this night. We thank you, O oh God, for your servant, Elder June Malcolm. Lord God, even now, I ask, O oh God, hallelujah, that you will continue to download your revelatory knowledge, O oh God, in your woman's servant. And Father God, we just thank you for her obedience to bring forth, O oh God, um, the right now word, O oh God, hallelujah, that we need to hear, O oh God. We thank you, O God, that our knowledge is being increased in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, King of Glory, hallelujah, um, for speaking to us through your servant, hallelujah. Mighty God, even now, I bind up every retaliating spirit. I bind up every backlashing spirit that may dare to try to come against her in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask you, O God, hallelujah, to have your way in her life, even now, oh God, cover her children, oh God, hallelujah, her son that I met the other day, God, he's been on my spirit, oh God, Lord God, even now, break, oh God, anything that needs to be broken off his life, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, mighty God of Daniel, we place, oh God, Jalon in your hands once more, and we ask, oh God, for your healing virtue to continue to flow through him in the name of Jesus. Father, you told us on Wednesday morning, oh God, a complete victory, oh God, and I claim complete victory on behalf of Elder June Malcolm, on behalf of her children, on behalf of her grandchildren, great-grandchildren to a thousand generation in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you for each and every person, oh God, whom you brought on the line tonight, oh God, to learn, oh God. God, about Jesus being the son of Mary and Joseph. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. God bless amen. you. Over to you, Minister Lashana. Hallelujah. Amen. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Sorry about it. Amen. Amen. The line is open for our comments, questions, and feedback. Um, I have a, I have one question and um, and one comment. Uh, Elder June, you were you were not on the line today at noon. I know because I didn't see no, you. <laughs> um, today I filled in for um, Prophet Bob, and the word that I brought was um, you know out of Saint Luke chapter ten verses thirty-eight to forty-two on. Um, a closer walk with God, um, drawing closer to Him, and to hear you, um, com- um, you know, concluded tonight's teaching with the statement that um, we need to know God, Hallelujah, so we can go to heaven, Amen. Um, we need, um, you know, to have um, a-, a greater understanding, learn who God is, have that intimate relationship with Him, um, you know that just confirm the word that went forth today. So I just want to thank you. I thank you for, um, you know, just uh, uh, week after week coming and depositing knowledge um, in, um, in, in us, uh, glory to God, um, as the Lord as the Lord leads you, um, I did look at the script. I did not look at the scripture, um, so I, I, I'm basing my question on um, on memory. 
um, the Bible referred to that um, Mary was betrothed um, to Joseph. What does that mean? Um, betrothed means to be married. Okay. I mean, it's, it has to mean as espouse. Mm-hmm. So the E, that means you're in. The suffix E, in, mm-hmm. and, and then you see the, the, the spouse part right, right, real clearly, right? Mm-hmm. So S means that you're in marriage. Betrothed, is, it means the same thing, just a different word, but okay. the same thing. It means that you are um, um, trotted to this person. And so the process of doing that under the, the, the old covenant um, they actually did a, a ceremony, mm-hmm. and papers were signed, and bride bride dowry and bride prices were, were were given, and everything was set. But because the man did not have the opportunity to consummate the marriage, marry, not to consummate before he decided to marry this girl, he didn't have the opportunity to ask one question about her and get an answer. Mm-hmm. So it would seem kind of like unfair to force him to go into a marriage with somebody that he doesn't know at all. The same thing I said, God said to me, will you, would you consent to marry and spend eternity with somebody that you don't know? So, but that's what the society required to, to make sure that their girls remain virtuous and honorable. Um, they were they, 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 even as um, um, proposed husband. He wasn't allowed to investigate. If you want to know anything about my daughter, you're going to marry her. To make it fair, though, if in the bestrattal period, that means you have not yet consummated the marriage. You have not yet come and taken her to your home or come to my home to live with her um, or the exposal period. If during that time you find something dishonorable, you were free to divorce her. Mm-hmm. And if it was something for death, you were even free to take her out and have her killed. And I, the, the parents couldn't stop him. Um, if it wasn't something worthy of death, then he just write her a bill of divorcement and, and leave her in her, in her parents' home. But um, so, you know, I started just to, to give that thought and then I went on when I was teaching. So Joseph, Joseph, when... He was told that Mary was pregnant. He had to think what to do. And so he thought if he, if he tell it to the elders, Mary was going to be stoned to death. And he didn't want her to die. So he thought that he would just put her away, put her away privately. Put her away means actually it's a formal divorce. And I don't know what he was planning to tell the elders, why he was divorcing her. He had to tell them something. Um... But um, he was probably thinking, what am I going to tell them so that they don't suspect that, that Mary has been unfaithful to me? And, and so I think in, the Bible didn't spell this out, but the Bible said that Joseph was a just man. And so I thought what, in Joseph's mind, okay, obviously she's in love with somebody else. Obviously she desires somebody more than she desires me because I'm her husband and I've not slept with her yet and she's pregnant for somebody else. So as much as I'm going to hate losing her, I'll do a private divorce, and she could just go and be with whoever she's pregnant for. Whoever, whosoever child she's carrying, she will not be free of me. And Joseph had no intention of getting Mary killed. 
So he was just going to do it privately. And then Mary could just go marry whoever. And that is why the Holy Ghost said to Joseph what he says. He says, um, that thing that is in her is of me. And because that was what Joseph's problem was. Who is she pregnant for? It must be somebody she loves more than she loves me. So as much as I'm going to hate losing her, I will release her to go to be with who she loves. And so the, the Holy Ghost answered his thought in a dream and says, and says, that's me. The Holy Ghost didn't deny that, that that's, that's me. She's pregnant by me. So you can, you can go and take her and take her home. And mm-hmm. the Bible says Joseph did just and still didn't know her, couldn't know her. Um, her womb just had to be free of all human contaminants and all sin uh, in, 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 in that kind of sexual way. And, um, until Jesus was born. So, that, so that's what happened. Um, be, be, be throat meaning that they were married. There's no engagement in the, in the Jewish culture. Just yeah, I, yeah, I am. Um... Consummation of marriage. Mm. Yeah, that's what it is. But, but, but if before the marriage is consumed, you want to put away the person you could. You could put away the person. I, 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 in some of, some of my readings that I did, they said that if a man sees somebody here whom he wants to marry, even if nothing was wrong with that, that the person who, who he was betrothed to or exposed to, mm-hmm. he could just wait until maybe she was on her monthly cycle mm-hmm. and showed up and said, and said he found her unclean and he didn't want her again. And so he would divorce her. But that's not worthy of death. Um, he would just divorce her and go on to be with whoever he wanted. They, they, um, I read that the Jewish society, so um, the men, the men in that society, so belittled the standard of marriage that they would just make up any story and use anything to cause a divorce. So obviously Joseph was not one of those persons, and um, he, he, had a valid, he had a valid contention. Uh, I, my wife is pregnant. And not by me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so God, God be the man spoke up. <laughs> says it's me. So that's that's what, that's what this is. It's a man. Okay. Um, I read this in the the Jewish Encyclopedia. The the term betrothal in Jewish law must not be understood in its modern sense. That is, the arrangement of a man and a woman to marry, by which the parties are not, however, um, definitely bound, but which may be broken or dissolved without formal divorce. Um, betrothal or engagement such um, such as this is not known either in the Bible or to the Talmud, and only crept in among the medieval and modern Jews through the influence of the example of the Occidental nations among whom they dwell without securing a definite status in rabbinical laws. 
Um, several biblical passages refer to the negotiations um, requisites for the arranging of a marriage in Genesis um, 24, Songs of Songs, um, Chapter 8, Judges uh, 11, 14, um, which were conducted by members of the two families involved or their deputies and required usually the consent of the prospective bride, if of age, and when the agreement had been entered into, it was um, definite and binding upon both groom and bride who were considered as man and wife in all legal and religious aspects except um, that of actual cohabitation. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly. That was, that's good writing and good research. And that, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So we, the allowance that we have in the Western world that I could get engaged and, you know, I don't want to be married again, and you know, I'll just be gone, that, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. It was. It would be a formal divorce, mm-hmm. and a formal divorce is for a reason. If there's no proper reason, somebody was going to lose their life. That's how serious it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I am engaged to somebody today and don't want to marry again, I'm not going to lose my life over it. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm free to go. But okay. But and no, no engagement. That that writing is right. That did not exist. What we do today in the modern world, such a practice was not found in ancient Israel. Exactly. And um, my understanding is, you know, from ancient Israel, you know, the way that they did it, it became a marriage once it was consummated. Yes. Yeah. And, and, And there was no divorce allowed after that. Yes. The only thing would happen after that would be death. Any violation after that, no, it would be death. Mm-hmm. There, there, there was no divorce. There was no divorce after, after marriage. Um, um, Pastor Chen, do you know that divorce is, is an illegal act? Even now in our law books. Mm-hmm. Divorce is not a legal act. Um, it's, it's much more easier now to, um, to be granted. But as as um, recent as 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, judges were just saying no to a divorce order because it has to be tried in court. Mm-hmm. It has to be a court case. And, and they would just say no. No, no, I'm not granting this divorce decree. Mm-hmm. And um, it's more it's more lapsed now and it's more easy because of so much um, miscarriage of justice that was going on. But um, divorce... And they have not changed the law yet. Divorce is still illegal mm-hmm. in our law books. They, they, because to change law takes a whole lot of enacting. So it's not being enforced. The laws against divorce is not being enforced anymore in the Western world. But it's still on the book of an illegal act. Mm-hmm. It still takes into court and the judge listening to evidence mm-hmm. and, and passing a decree. I, I had the experience of going to a court where the judge decided not to grant the divorce. And that's since I was an adult that happened. And um, so I saw this for a while because the man would go away and try to get more evidence. And every time we go to court, the judge says, nope, that's not enough evidence for a divorce. And he mm-hmm. refused to grant the person divorce, would not pass it as a divorce. Eventually I stopped going. I don't know what happened, but you know a lot of men try to kill their wives. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. 
because of that. There was an era in the nineteen the nineteen sixties and nineteen forties and nineteen fifties where a lot of women got killed in North America because judges wouldn't grant them wouldn't grant their husband divorce and and, and so they they a lot of women lose their lives. So because of that they, 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 it's not it's not being enforced anymore. But um it is still it's still it divorce is still an illegal act on the law book. Mhm. Wow. It, um, this is this is one of those um, you know the, those subjects that you know it it, um, it it provokes a lot of thinking and um, and you know unfortunately I have a very very close family member who um, was married um, on paper for two years. Yeah. And now is getting an annulment because their marriage was never consummated. So, wow. so she's she's not getting a divorce. She's um, the 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 court is allowing an annulment, and you know it just yeah. very interesting subject. Very very interesting. So that's that's like what will happen under the old, the yes. old covenant. Yeah, and 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 that. Go ahead. A lot of. Because I can't, I can't imagine somebody being married and their marriage not consummated. Mm-hmm. Um, I always hear, I said, because you're from the, the Western society, you're mm-hmm. from the Western world, under the Eastern culture, that's very common. And mm-hmm. that, that was practiced 100%. Mm-hmm. That um, you, could, you, you, you get married and you're looking at a year or two before your marriage is consummated. Mm-hmm. And your husband was allowed to take as long as he wants to satisfy his judgment that he married the right person mm-hmm. before he comes to get and take you home. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you very much. Wow. I learned something new on that one. Amen. Um, the line is open for any more comments, questions, or feedback. All right. Awesome. Again, Elder Jim, awesome word tonight. Uh, I am going to, um, right now, is there any prayer requests before we close? I'm just uh, continuing praying for my daughter, Katie, so that she can get um, get better. She's battling a flu, and um, she does need to get better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, previously, I had asked for prayer for Sharon Riley. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I- I just want to let the folks know not that we should stop praying, but I just want you to know that we have um, victory in the immediate threat that was about her life. So um, we know those we know those enemies. They go and regroup and strike again or retaliate. So we will not be careless nor ignorant of his devices. We will continue as the Lord lays in our hearts to uphold her in prior, but um, um, the doctor has given her a clean bill of health. Amen. So thanks, thanks for Amen. praying. Lord of all. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to hear that praise support. Uh, any uh, other prayer requests? 
Yeah, I have a prayer request. Uh, Prophetess Debbie, um, up there in Pennsylvania, who blessed us with Omaha beef last year. Um, her mother's in the hospital. I got an inbox earlier, and uh, we're praying for her mom, but uh, more prayer is great. Uh, her mother's in the hospital, dehydrated. They're uh, giving her IVs and um, something else uh, and requesting prayer for her, okay, her mom. I don't know her mom's name. Okay. okay. Thank you. I, I received a prayer request yesterday from a, for a young child by the name of Dakota. Dakota, I don't know at all, but um, somebody had sent me a request for urgent prayer for him. So please, um, please remember Dakota um, in your okay. prayer that, that he will live and not die. Um, my prayer request, apart from my standing prayer for my children and my, my grandchildren, I have a praise report on Sunday. Three of my grandchildren were in church with me, and, and that was just such a, an elated day for me. Glory to God. Uh, three of my grandchildren. Was in, was in church. Of course, John was one of them. And I missed it. <laughs> None of the of my grandchildren were in church with me uh, on, on, yesterday and Sunday. Uh, so I ask, I am asking um, for continued prayer for my children. And Pastor Chen, I just want to let you know that you're very right with um, my son that you you met. Um, I I'm in the same position with with him. Um, at this time, so thank you that somebody's bearing with me. Amen. And that, um, you're you're very right in what you, okay. you pick up in your spirit. Amen. So Amen. I am asking prayer for him. His name is James. And, James. Um, I am also, yeah, James. So I am I am also asking that I begin to see a uh, result from my effort that I'm putting in my business. I, I, I demand results. I'm a result-oriented person. So um, I have put in, I'm, I'm putting in some hours and some effort, and I'm doing some serious advertising, and I'm asking the Lord, please let me see results. Um, Amen. I, I am actually spending money for advertising. It's not even free advertising I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I do need to see results. And um, I am asking the Lord to partner with me that I begin to see results in mm-hmm. my in my business effort. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, uh, Minister Lashana, if you could pray for Sister Diana. Sister Diana is um, the lady from Greater Highway. She joined us about two weeks ago on um the Wednesday on our Wednesday morning standing in the gap intercessory prayer meeting and she also was with us last Wednesday. Um she's currently in um at the hospital waiting to do um a CT scan. Um they are suspecting that she may have and we rebuke this in the name of Jesus 
that she may have a blood clot in her lungs. So we got to bind that up and pray that the reason why her chest is hurting, that it's only gas. Um, you know, we want to reduce any, um, and, and, you know, anything like that and get rid of it. So if you could just pray for her. Her name is Diana, and um, she is a prayer warrior. Um, she's an intercessor, a you know, powerful woman of God. And so please lift her up in prayer. Amen. Okay. Amen. Uh, I'm going to also add um, Turkey and Russia to the list because the Russia ambassador for Turkey was just assassinated tonight. Oh, yes. my. Yes. For real? Over the news, yes. Oh. Yes, sir. Also Germany, too, because a lot of people got killed over there by that nut running through and chopping people down with their the bus or a truck killed a lot of people and a lot of people are injured over there in, in Berlin, Germany. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, you know, wonderful USA. We had our electoral college meeting today. Just keep us in prayer. I'm telling y'all y'all will way things are going, you may see me in Canada next year. Amen. It's very cold up here right now. I was telling my husband I don't believe that people were meant to live in this country. It's very cold, so about it. I agree. <laughs> I understand that. I, I mean, we I agree. I want to go to Orlando and move. Yeah. Amen. Um, did anyone hear from Sister um, Sister Erica today? She didn't even call me. She usually does. Yeah, she wasn't on today's call, nor was she on tonight, and that is very strange. Um, so I am I'm concerned. I will call her in the morning. Okay. Okay. I sent her a note. I didn't get a response. Um, I normally do. I I don't know if she was on last night um, as I wasn't a, I wasn't able to be here and um, I know that um, we had to disconnect the talk show so I don't know if she was on at all. Okay, I'll call her thing in the morning, Pastor. Okay. All right. I'll put her to the list. Amen. Amen. So let us prepare our hearts and our minds to prayer. Amen. Father God, right now, wash me in your son's precious blood. Forgive me of my sins, these thoughts, and actions. Anything that is not of you, I do honestly repent. And I receive your forgiveness. In no other name but your son's name of Jesus. You are my Abba Father, my El Shaddai, my Elohim, and I give you praise. And I thank you tonight, Father God. Father God, I lift up this prayer request list up to you, Father God. And Father God, as we start calling out names, Father God, we are thanking tonight for their for the healing that is about to take place, results and manifestations that is about to take place, deliverance is about to take place. So right now, Father God, again, forgive me of all my sins, my deeds, my thoughts, my actions. Anything that is not of you, Father God, I do honestly repent and I receive your forgiveness in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Father God, you are our Father, our El Shaddai, Elohim, and we give you praise tonight, Father God. We thank you tonight, Father God. We come to you tonight with the heart of thanksgiving, Father God, because we know right now before it even starts, before we even say a word on this list and who are praying for God, we know you have already answered yes and amen. 
we already know you have given an answer to our prayers, and we know you have good things for us, not a bad, because, see, you are God, and you cannot lie. Therefore, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the manifestation before we even call out any of these names, oh, God. We thank you tonight. We bless you tonight. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are not bound by the law. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins and redeeming us and not only restoring us to restoring us but setting us free from the captives. So tonight we give you praise tonight. And right now I lift up Katie right now to you, Father God. We speak to her about healing. We speak to her body now. And we speak healing to her body now. We cast every flu like any virus, we cast it out now, send it straight to the pit of hell in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, as we cast this out, Holy Spirit, fill her body up. Fill her body up with the, mm, fill her body up. <laughs> fill her from her head to her toes. Fill her Hallelujah. Holy and as this flu leaves and as it dissipates, and this virus dissipates, where we speak healing in its place. Healing in her body, healing in our mind, healing in her soul, Father God. Father God, we are just speaking life into her blood system, Father God. Father God, we speak an energy over to her now that she'll have energy to move. That her muscles won't be tired. We remove the soreness from her muscles now in the name of Jesus. And we send it straight to the pit of hell. Right now, we lift up Prophetess Debbie Mom up to you, Father God. We ask you again to whatever that is causing her to dehydrate it hydrated. We stop that now in the name of Jesus, and we speak hydration to her body, to her bones, to her muscles, the electric lights to balance now in the name of Jesus. So we speak to her body. Body now, the electric lights to balance now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Her potassium levels to go to normal now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Hydration, hydration. We see water levels normal now. Blood cells normal now in the name of Jesus. Her her immune system, her immune system now right in the name of Jesus. And right now we lift a little Dakota to you, Father God. You see and you know what what this child is, what this what this person is needing, Father God. And Father God, we thank you for the blessing that's about to happen. We speak life over them right now in the name of Jesus. And right now we lift up Elder June and her family up to you, Father God. You see and you know what her family is needing, and we know it's all is well, Father God. Yes, Lord. Father God, we speak to the bondages of her family. We command it to leap. We command those strongholds to be loose now in the name of Jesus and go straight to the pit of hell. Father God, right now we ask the Holy Spirit to take a rest. So whatever that is causing these bondages and these these issues in her family, we call upon the Holy Ghost arresting right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we command everything to cease. We burn up every demonic decree. We speak we speak death to every demonic decree now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Any spiritual warrants that go against any of her kids and her family now, we command it to cease and cease and desist now in the name of Jesus. Any generational curses, we speak, we curse the curse now in the name of Jesus. So we speak life over you, over this family, over the family members, because you are the head of this family, and you are the head of this family. You are Jehovah Jireh, you are Jehovah Rapha, you are Elohim. 
You are everything. You are the great I am. And we know this is your family. She has dedicated her family unto you, O oh Lord. Father God, they have been raised. They have been raised. And we ask you to bring them back to us the rear they have had, Father God. Oh, God, we thank you right now when we bless you right now. Oh, well, her son, Father God, right now, we certainly put him on your altar right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, if he's a being a prodigal right now, call him closer and draw him close to you. Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord. Put people in his life, oh, Lord, to give him on the right path. Father God, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Put people in his path that would dispel, dispel, dispel the lies of the enemy and set him right on the right path. Let him know, yes. Father God, we put up every wound, every spiritual wound. We put everything on the altar right now so his soul shall be healed now in the name of Jesus. Every soul tied as not, he is not supposed to be there. We cut, we cut them now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, oh, God, we thank you right now for the blessing that is placed upon his life. Oh, right now, I lift up mm, I lift up Elder June business and all those who have businesses on the line that are ready to see manifestation, Father God. Father God, we thank you for the prophets that are coming now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the revenue that is coming now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the leads that are coming in now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We break the, we break the restraints that have been placed on these businesses, oh, Lord. Father yes, God, Jesus. link her up with networking partners to help her business to grow yes, in the Jesus. name of Jesus. Father God, allow her to see a return and where she need to cast her net, Father God. So, God, I thank you right now, and I bless you right now. Oh, Father. God, we lift up Sister Diane up to you, Father God. Right now we speak to that if there's a blood clot in her lungs, we speak to her lungs right now. And anything that's not supposed to be there in accordance to you, we command it to dissolve now and dissipate now in the name of Jesus. So, God, right now we thank you for Jehovah Rapha right now. So, God, we thank you right now. And, Father God, we lift up Sister Erica up to you right now, Father God. Whatever is going on, Father God, we know your hand is on it right now, and we thank you right now. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, we lift up the nations up to you. We know there shall be wars and rumors of wars, oh, Lord. But, God, tonight we lift up. We lift up Russia. We pray for Russia right now. We lift up Turkey. We pray for them right now, Father God. Father God, even though they're even though they have may not be declared of Christians, but we're gonna pray for this planet, Father God. Every country, because see, this is your earth, and everything there is for is therein, Father God. So we speak. So we speak a peace, so there won't be riots, Father God. Father God, right now that was an assassination by the that was an assassination. In an art gallery of all places, Father God, on the Russian ambassador, because Russia and Syria is in war, Father God. Father God, right now, I speak your peace, Father God. We thank you for right now getting people out of Aleppo, Father God, and getting Hallelujah. out of war-stricken areas, Father God. Because, Father God, I've heard deliverance is coming in those camps, Father God. That the word of Christ is still is being reached to these people, Father God. 
So, God, that, Father God. But, Father God, we ask you to put your angels there, Father God, to get yes, people Lord. out of this war because the war is not of you. And there you It is not of you, O oh Lord. Right now, we lift the United States up to you, Father God. Yes, you Lord. are, Noah's, Father God, we thank you right now because you must have a plan in mind because we are all confused. So we thank you <laughs> when we know that you're not the author of confusion right now, Father God. Oh, so, Father God, I put my country on your altar right now, Father God. Straighten yes. out the confusion, Father God, but let us go into one accord. Change the hearts and minds of men because that's what you can do. Change the hearts of stone to hearts of stone and to hearts of flesh, O oh Lord. Yes. Father God, the order. Um, you. Father God, we do honestly repent if we have because we know we have not taken your commandments seriously, Father God. That we may have made laws that would anger you, Father God. And Father God, and most importantly, we may not respected our president, our current president, Father God. That we should have respected the office at all times, Father God. We should have respected our country, Father God. So Father God, tonight on behalf of my country, I do honestly repent right now, Father God. So, Father God, right now, I am asking you to step in on Father God. Step in, Father God. Show us the way, Father God. Change the heart of these men. Appeal to their hearts, Father God. You say you only need to see only a small faith, little faith. Take the littlest faith that they have, Father God, and expound it so that they can stay with all for the glory of God and not using you just for the, for the sake of their own agendas, Father God. So, God, we thank you tonight for what you're doing for every country on this. We thank you for what you're doing for North America, what you're doing for South America, what you're doing for Central America. We thank you for what you're doing over in Syria because we know there are war-stricken areas, Father God, and there are people who are needing food, clothing, shelter, the basics, Father God. But some people here got too much and they have not enough, Father God. We thank you for the peace of mind that's going across the nation. We thank you for uplifting Israel right now, Father God. We speak peace over their war-stricken areas now, Father God. Father God, wherever there is war, we speak peace to it, Father God. Mm-mm. Where is their confusion, Father God? We ask you to we speak clarity over it. Father God, wherever deception is coming for, Father God, we ask you to speak the truth. We speak the truth to the situation now in the name of Jesus. And so tonight, Amen. Father God, we give you all the honor. So we thank you. We thank you that the enemy is bound. The enemy is bound. The enemy is captured. We thank you that our people have been set free. We thank you for the deliverance that is taking place. So, God, we just thank you, and we honor you, and we bless you, and we and I pray this prayer in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to believe, and we've already believed it's already said and done. It's already done. It's already done. So I'm, like I said, um, let's just keep these prayers going in our daytime, in, in, in our in our prayer times, because, you know, I'm always believed, I, I do have certain prayers I say it's one and done. Because I'm going to pray, and when I'm done, God has already done, has already answered. But you know what? Sometimes we have petition prayers, and we have to petition. So let's keep our country, our families, our, let's just keep petitioning the throne, keep petitioning. So God, because God is answering our prayers one by one. 
I've seen, like I said, I know God, look, the righteous has never been forsaken. And we have to keep that in remembrance. But we also have to learn how to also, I'm just in this firm belief right now, it's like I see so much going on, but not enough. We just got to pray. I've seen so much for very little at the same time. I've never seen that in my life. I am just like, I, I'm I'm simply in amazement. But see, I know God is who he is. He doesn't lie. He ain't never lied. He's not going to lie now. Mm-hmm. He always keep his word. Amen. Because he's not. Because he's not man. Amen. So, with that being said, as we close, Father God, again, once now, we thank you for the answering our prayers, and we thank you for stealing this lesson. Yes, Lord. Tonight, Father God. And, Father God, as we close, we say, may the Lord bless and keep thee. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. And the Lord lift his countenance upon thee and keep thee and give thee peace. Sleep with God's angels, everyone, and good night, and be safe. Good night. God bless everyone. Great night. Thank you. Good night, all. Love you all. I'm Ella June. I'm calling you right now. Okay, Pastor. Okay. Goodbye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.